Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including some National Football League. Some teams returned to action last week. Your Carolina Panthers will report to Spartanburg, South Carolina on Wednesday. The first actual football for Ron Rivera's team will take place this Thursday. And over the weekend, I saw a new special access TV show looking back at the Panthers of 2018, who remember started well with a healthy Cam Newton, finished poorly with Cam Hurt and then unavailable at the end. I saw some interesting new insights on Panthers owner David Tepper, head coach Ron Rivera, veteran quarterback Cam Newton, veteran linebacker Luke Keekley, and even others. We'll get into a little bit of that today. We, of course, have the British Open on our mind, the fourth and final major of the golf calendar. The way things are done now is in the books. Shane Lowry is your winner. Brooks Kepka also a best of the weekend for different reasons, the American superstar. J.B. Holmes, a worst of the weekend for his slow play and his utter and complete collapse yesterday in the fourth and final round. Northern Ireland was the venue. It was described as the biggest sporting event in the history of that country. And Irishman Shane Lowry ended up raising the claret jug. He, of course, among the many best of the weekend nominees, as I have others from the Carolina Hurricanes and the NHL, from the NBA, Megan Rapino of the U.S. Women's National Team was here in North Carolina this weekend, as was an international soccer match that led to many of you filling Bank of America Stadium in the Queen City of Charlotte. Mariano Rivera and the rest of the Baseball Hall of Fame Class of 2019. Best of the weekend for various people for various reasons. Did you know that Mariano Rivera, who spoke English and Spanish at various points in his Hall of Fame speech, he joked that, as usual, he was the last to go. Maybe the most dominating pitcher I have ever seen as a lifelong baseball fan and a guy who played and pitched for about 20 years. He was probably the most dominant pitcher I've ever seen. Of course, his joke being last of the speakers at the Baseball Hall of Fame, he was the last for the New York Yankees. That was a good thing. They needed a closer. He delivered. There was a shout-out, in case you missed it, to the great state of North Carolina and Mariano Rivera's time in the city of Greensboro, right here in the triad part of our listening audience, as we come at you statewide on the syndicated David Glenn Show, heard in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. Cool to see Mariano Rivera give a little shout-out to Greensboro. He described his time there as one of the most important of his entire life, not just his career, but his life. There was a fork in the road, and as Yogi Berra might have said, when you get to the fork in the road, take it. Well, Mariano Rivera came to a fork in the road in Greensboro long before most of us had any idea who he was as a prospect at that point for the New York Yankees. He, of course, wore only that uniform at the Major League Baseball level. He was one of six newcomers inducted this weekend into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I saw some of their speeches and was inspired by some of that audio. So, Darren, 
and the crew have carved out some of those for your enjoyment today in case you were busy with family, friends, sports, maybe even attended a game. Best and worst of the weekend, of course, is a game we play every Monday on our syndicated statewide platform. I'll tell you why the Miami Dolphins are a best of the weekend. Kevin Harvick from NASCAR is a best of the weekend. The NWSL, the pro soccer league here in the United States, hoping for an attendance bump because of the success of Megan Rapinoe and other players who performed for the red, white, and blue in the recent Women's World Cup. I'll tell you why the Carolina Hurricanes are a best of the weekend, even here during the offseason. And, of course, we'll get into the Shane Lowry, Brooks Kepka, and other parts of the weekend that was as well. We'll peek forward at the week to come in the NFL and otherwise. Julian Edelman and Sony Michelle just among New England Patriots, among those in the headlines as New England and Carolina are among the many NFL teams that will be reporting Wednesday and playing actual preseason-style football starting on Thursday. The ACC football kickoff vote happened last week. We were one of the voters, maybe more than one of the voters. Darren was allowed to vote if he wished as well. The results were released this morning. No surprise that Clemson was the overwhelming pick to win the ACC. That would be a fifth straight conference title for Dabo and the Tigers. As remember, they've won two of the last three national championships, and they're cranking out conference titles like cookies around the Christmas holidays. Maybe a surprise to some, although I told you somebody's always trying to be the wild card. It was not unanimous in Charlotte as we handed in our ballots. I think there were 170-some voters. When there's that many people voting on anything, you are going to see at least a little variety. Someone doesn't care if they know the Tigers probably will win it all. They just want to be the one or two people who saw something else coming. And they just hope everybody will forget their pick if Clemson just cranks out another title. And they're hoping, of course, everybody remembers their pick if they saw in their crystal ball something that nobody or few others were able to see. For those wondering, the Wolfpack was picked fourth in the Atlantic. The Demon Deacons of Wake Forest were picked sixth. The Coastal Division champion was projected to be the Virginia Cavaliers, I have not seen that since George Welsh was roaming the sidelines, not that I recall, in Charlottesville. Miami second, Virginia Tech third in the Coastal. Duke fifth, Carolina sixth, so it's toward the bottom of the Coastal, at least according to those media votes released a little bit earlier today. Former Panthers star Greg Hardy was on the best or worst of the weekend list for reasons we'll get to. In case you didn't know, he is on an MMA-type endeavor and rising the ranks in that particular sport after, of course, domestic violence allegations and other complications steered him away from the National Football League. Michael Jordan is celebrating an anniversary today. This might sound strange because it's July 22nd, but when Michael Jordan, the GOAT, arguably the greatest of all time in the history of basketball as a player, even as his Charlotte Hornets continue to struggle almost a decade into his uh, majority ownership status with that franchise. When Michael Jordan is asked about the greatest basketball game that he personally participated in, not saw as a kid in Wilmington or in Chapel Hill during his time playing for Dean Smith, the greatest game he ever participated in in the sport of basketball actually happened 27 years ago today. So we're going to have Mario Re Mariano Rivera in his own words on how Greensboro, North Carolina 
was a fundamental part of his rise to Hall of Fame status as a baseball player. And North Carolina's own Michael Jordan, in his own words, what was that greatest basketball game he ever played? It's the guy who won six NBA titles, remember? And for those of you who know the calendar, there are no NBA games being played in the month of July. So what could July 22nd possibly rec represent as an anniversary of Michael Jordan's greatest game ever? We'll, talk, we'll share more from Michael in his own words during the course of today's program as well. Best and worst of the weekend really boils down to this as we welcome your statewide participation in between our guests. Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers broadcast team will be with us third hour to talk football. Tony Barnhart of ESPN and the SEC Network will drop by second hour to talk college football. Both of those preseasons are either here or almost here. Tony Barnhart on the college version, Jim Zoki on the pro version a little bit later in today's program. That allows for your phone calls. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? What was the worst thing you saw over these last three days anywhere in the sports universe and why? Megan Rapinoe's visit to our state, David Tepper and his Carolina Panthers getting both votes for best of the weekend and worst of the weekend. I have gotten more. We're no longer Carolina Panthers fans because of the way they celebrated Megan Rapinoe over the weekend in the Queen City of Charlotte. And yes, Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, and Ron Rivera joined the owner, David Tepper, in rolling out that red, white, and blue carpet for the star of the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL. You can put that in your own words if you like. You can cast your ballot in a different direction entirely. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? 1-800-849-2761. Darren Vaught is the producer of this program. Intern Will, representing William Peace University. Christian, representing Appalachian State University. And Nathan, representing the University of North Carolina, are all in the house. One of those will be the first voice you hear when you dial us up with your question or ballot best and worst of the weekend style 1-800-849-2761 I'll offer you a lot of my best and worst of the weekend as we invite your calls as early as the other side of our upcoming break and I will tell you why this is a special anniversary for Michael Jordan and how Mariano Rivera put it into his own words Greensboro North Carolina represents to him, looking back, one of the most important forks in his career in baseball, but often also his life as a guy who moved here from his native Panama long before we had any idea he'd turn out to be the greatest closer of all time. Question of the day, who is the biggest talker in sports who actually does a good job of backing it up? Megan Rapino fits that description for many, called out by a lot of Americans, including the current president, during the World Cup. How dare she say those things before they've even won it all? Well, they did win it all, and she was the MVP, if you will. That's backing up big talk as much as you can possibly do it in that context. There are plenty of others in the sports world who fit that description as well. Nathan will be up in the classic sports movie challenge. If you're new to the David Glenn Show, every July... We pull out for one month and one month only, not every day, but many days, the classic sports movie challenge. What does it mean? We have accepted votes for the greatest sports movies of all time. We collected those ballots many, many years ago here at the David Glenn Show. We classified a top 50, and then we play the audio 
your phone calls are encouraged to identify the name of the movie. What did we have earlier this month? We had The Sandlot from the baseball genre. We had Caddyshack from the golf genre. We had Remember the Titans from the football genre. We will have, time permitting, another classic sports movie challenge today as we gather your best and worst of the weekend ballots. 1-800-849-2761. How'd the Carolina Hurricanes end up on the best of the weekend list? How about Shane Lowry and American Brooks Kepka on the best of list, but J.B. Holmes on the worst of list. And what could we possibly mean when we say today is an anniversary of the greatest basketball game he ever played? That's in the words and opinion of Michael Jordan, the GOAT himself. I'll elaborate on that story as we welcome your calls. 1-800-849-2761. Tony Barnhart on college football later, 45 minutes from now. Jim Zoki on pro football and Panthers camp. It is almost here. Zoke will join us in hour number three. The Hall of Fame, speeches included. The classic sports movie challenge, that's a little bit later. I think Darren saw a movie this weekend. I've been able to catch up. July may be the slowest month on the sports calendar. Darren, I have seen, you ready for this? You know that if the, the biggest box office blockbusters could come out. And I, at times in my career, I'm in so much of a tunnel. Like business owner, back in the day, sure. lawyer. Radio show host, there's dad, a, there's like coach. probably what an eight to ten year period oh. where pop culture totally oh escaped you. I, it was just like a pause button yeah. for almost a decade, <laughs> right? Maria and I had a couple kids, and and the rest is really a blur. Just this month, seriously, I have seen the Yesterday movie. Now I know some of these are not brand new. Yesterday's a relatively recent release, yeah. right? Earlier this still month. in theaters, the Beatles style movie, right? Yeah. I've seen Bohemian rap, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's not crazy long ago, is it? Last year, maybe? Yeah. The Queen movie? Uh, I saw Black Klansman, the Spike, movie, Spike Lee nice. movie this weekend. The TV special multi-part series Chernobyl I watched Very with the good. lovely and talented Maria. I recommend it as well. I'm almost caught up on my John Grisham novels as well. I mean, it must be the summer. <laughs> it must be the month of July. I am reading currently... The only Grisham novel that I have not previously finished. So I'm close to the finish line. I'm sure he'll churn out more. He actually has agreed to join the David Glenn Show. I'm not even sure why. We'll find some kind of talk, sports <laughs> to talk about. If American presidents and North Carolina governors can drop by from either party in both cases, certainly one of the greatest uh, legal thriller authors of, well, the greatest legal thriller author of all time. Huge UVA fan, big sports fan, that John Grisham guy. I don't remember what day he's joining us. But one more thing to look forward to as we offer you much of our platform on Mondays and Fridays. Why are people mad at the Carolina Panthers, even as others are excited about players reporting on Wednesday? We'll get more into that story with your calls. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? Since we were last together on Friday afternoon, what was the worst thing you saw and why? Michael Jordan says this was the greatest basketball game he's ever played in today is the anniversary of that game. I will elaborate as we come to your calls. 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show. When I was in Yankee Stadium, 
fishing. It felt like I was fishing with 55,000 people next to me throwing one fish after another. You guys are the best. I mean, without your support, I cannot do it. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was the most dominant pitcher I have ever witnessed with my own eyes. Mariano Rivera, one of six men inducted this weekend into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Of course, part of the class of 2019. Roy Halladay's wife gave a speech on his behalf. Remember, he was a pilot in his spare time. He died in a plane crash that where he was the pilot of the plane just a couple of years ago. Everybody else, of course, spoke for himself, including Mariano Rivera. That was the best of the weekend for some, in part, because he even gave a shout-out beyond that one to the one you'd expect. New York Yankees fans everywhere, right? When I took the mound at home, I felt like 55,000 people were standing next to me helping me get my job done. Nobody has ever done that job better as a closer in the history of Major League Baseball, and it is not even close. There were really impressive speeches. As we come to your calls, what did you see anywhere in the sports universe that merited a best of the weekend vote or a worst of the weekend vote? Y'all could guess why Shane Lowry of Ireland is on that list. With the Open Championship being played in neighbor Northern Ireland, once Rory McIlroy face-planted and missed the cut after making a valiant effort on Friday, he came up one stroke short of missing the cut. Remember, he started the whole tournament with that quadruple bogey, the snowman, on the first hole way back on Thursday. Once the true hometown hero was out of the mix, well, nearby heroes got a lot of the support in Northern Ireland, the biggest sporting event ever held in that country. Shane Lowry of Ireland was the winner with great celebration before, during, and after he raised the claret jug. You might not have known as we welcome your calls and I give you, why did Mariano Rivera shout out Greensboro, North Carolina as one of the bigger forks in the road of his life and his career? This is back when he was a Yankees minor leaguer. Why would American Brooks Kepka even get best of the weekend votes? Well, he was in contention again at a major. He repeatedly refused to blame his slow-playing partner, J.B. Holmes, fellow American, infamous as one of the slowest-playing members of the PGA Tour. He just waits and waits and grabs his glove and tucks at it and reconsiders and changes clubs. He just is that human rain delay to steal a nickname from a major league baseball player who took too long in the batter's box brooks kepka with a top five finish again it's all about shane lowry and he gets the biggest bouquets for sure but kepka has become this guy who might finish like 37th or 43rd or 29th at a routine pga tour event but he keeps either winning majors or coming close to winning majors. Now, I don't mean he was close at the Open Championship like it was a nail-biter. Shane Lowry blew away the field. But Brooks Kepka with his fifth consecutive top-five finish at all the majors combined. That dates to last year. So all four this year and last year. Remember, he won two of those five, but he finished top-five in the other three as well. Only Jack Nicholas and a small handful of others in the history of golf have had five straight top five finishes in major golf tournament play. Brooks Kepka is that good in those environments. So the biggest raise of the glass or tip of the cap goes to Shane Lowry from the golf world this weekend. I think Brooks Kepka deserves some love. Those who hate excuses 
were applauding him for not taking the J.B. Holmes took me out of my rhythm route in his post-round press conference. He resisted it. He resisted it. He resisted it. He did eventually address it and say, you know, I just wish J.B. would think of his shot before it's his turn to take a shot. Like, while I'm taking mine, at least envision what you're going to do so that when it is your turn, you're not starting from scratch. I thought that was a very polite, professional way. If you didn't see it, Kepka got like 10 questions about the slow play. He refused to say that I played poorly because JB was my partner and he slowed me down and broke my rhythm. He refused. It's on me. I need to be better under any circumstances, right? But he did make what I thought was a fair point about, in this case, one of the slowest players on the PGA Tour. J.B. Holmes went from contending through three rounds to an 87. He was 16 over par yesterday. He went from the six-figure payday, and I mean way into the six figures, if he had finished third, which is what I think he was entering Sunday, to I think only two or three golfers who made the cut finishing below him. So, I mean, like tens of thousands of dollars instead of many hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's what one round a train wreck of a Sunday did for J.B. Holmes as he earned some worst of the weekend votes. 1-800-849-2761. What, what was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? For those of you saying you'll never root for the Carolina Panthers again, because Megan Rapino got the red carpet treatment from David Tepper and Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton and Ron Rivera. The main reason I don't believe you, and I'm not saying you don't have those emotions, the main reason that I don't believe you is that if you truly are that passionate about those sorts of things, did you really give David Tepper, the Panthers owner, the benefit of the doubt when he called the current president a pathological liar and a narcissistic, demented scumbag? I mean, David Tepper's a guy who's voted for multiple Republican presidents. You can't say he's biased toward you or your party or conservatism or Republicans or anything else. He's a hedge fund manager. He usually votes Republican. He said those things about the current president. You mean to tell me that didn't push you off the Panthers' bandwagon? And when the Panthers signed Eric Reid... One of the guys who kneeled, that didn't push her off the Panthers' bandwagon. Oh, but Megan Rapino visits. Oh, no. We can't have a custom-made Panther. That pushes me over the edge. I saw Rapino with a custom-made Panthers jersey, and she took photos with Christian McCaffrey himself. Again, I believe you if you say your emotions are a certain way or you're fired up, but... Why would you still be on the Panthers bandwagon after Eric Reed and David Tepper and all the rest? That's why I do not believe you to listen to social media over the weekend. Man, how the Panthers going to fill Bank of America Stadium with all of these patriotic Americans saying that they're just not going to go anymore? I'm envisioning a half-empty building until I realize... Half of them are liars when it comes to boycotting. And anybody else who might have jumped off the bandwagon, I would think would have bumped, jumped off because of Eric Reed or David Tepper or some other part of this story. It's not like a new concept here. It's been going on since David Tepper came onto the scene as Jerry Richardson's successor as the owner of the Carolina Panthers. All right, one thing I promised, and then back to your phone calls. We're no longer Panthers fans. Oh, the empty seats. The glare is making my eyes hurt, Darren. Hand me my sunglasses. I don't think so. Mariano Rivera gave a shout-out to Greensboro, North Carolina, 
while describing it as one of the most important forks in the road of his entire life. It was a really cool local aspect of what, of course, is an international story. Mariano Rivera, native of Panama, comes to the United States, Yankees draft pick or signee, had to work his way up the ladder. That's how it works for 99-point-something percent of all Major League Baseball players. You don't get drafted or signed, and then you're plopped onto a Major League Baseball roster. Those are extremely rare stories in virtually all of the sports that we follow. I loved Rivera's speech as much as any, and I saw clips, and Darren carved out clips from all six over the weekend. Edgar Martinez, uh, Roy Halladay's wife, Brandy, standing in for the late, great Phillies and Blue Jays pitcher. Mike Mussina, Edgar Martinez, uh, Mariano Rivera. Uh, the big fella, Lee Smith, former Cubs and others closer from my childhood. What a heck of a closer he was before we learned about what guys like Trevor Hoffman, who went in, was it last year or the year before, Mariano Rivera, going in as the greatest closer of all time. I would say, y'all know I'm corny about life lessons, right? I just seem to be corny about such things, for better and for worse, perhaps. Maybe you like it, maybe you roll your eyes. I'm okay with either of those things. Mariano Rivera's delivery to the assembled people in Cooperstown, and I believe it was recorded as one of the largest crowds in the history of Cooperstown, New York. 55,000-plus were there. You'd imagine, I mean, Yankees fans are all over the world, truly, but many Yankees fans are in and around New York City, New York State. Cooperstown, New York is the host of the Baseball Hall of Fame, of course, or the site thereof. So Mariano's going in, so you'd expect bigger numbers. So there he was speaking to the estimated 55,000-plus, one of the largest crowds ever for the Baseball Hall of Fame or in Cooperstown, New York. If you didn't see it, and Darren will play the Greensboro-related audio from Mariano Rivera's acceptance speech at the Hall of Fame. Number one, I thought it was cool that one of his life lessons, and it was a truly gracious, graceful speech. It can't be easy for these folks. They're trained athletes. They're not trained public speakers. Now, in all likelihood, if they're going to prepare for any speech in their entire lives, this is the one, right? You're going to bounce it off family members, other Hall of Famers, right? How long am I allowed to go? I need to try to be as pithy as possible with my words. Mariano Rivera managed to squeeze these things in. Number one, it is okay if your original life dream or your original sports dream does not come true. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Don't panic. Don't get depressed. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. It's okay. Most of the time, people's original life dream or original sports dream died way before they became famous. I mean, I wanted to be Steve Carlton, left-handed starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. I, don't, I pitched into my 20s, but it was clear somewhere in my mid to late teens that that was not going to be a sports dream that came true. Now, I made sports, my sports media dream come true, but that was not the original plan. Mariano Rivera's original plan as a native of Panama was to be the next great soccer superstar. And he dropped references to Pele. Um, that's my Americanized pronunciation. He calls him Pele, which is what many in the Latin American community say. Pele, of course, was known and to this day is known as one of the greatest soccer players of all time. Young, athletic Mariano Rivera in Panama had that 
as his first sports dream and maybe even his first life dream, okay? It's okay if your original life dream, your original sports dream does not come true. Life lesson number two that I took away from Mariana Rivera. Don't be afraid of something new and different. He's from Panama. He didn't speak English. That's got to be scary. I have visited many foreign countries, and the closest thing I've come to comfortable is in countries where the first language is English, my first language, or places where if you're in a big enough city in, say, most of Europe or many other parts of the world, if you're in a bigger city, many people around the world are bilingual, maybe with English as their second language, and you can get away with it. Speaking to the, the bellman or the clerk or the hotel person or the waiter or the waitress, right? You don't, they don't have to be great at it, but they're meeting you more than halfway. If you're Mariano Rivera and you barely know any words of English and you're off to try to make this baseball dream come true, he had converted from his soccer dream, of course, during his childhood, don't be afraid of something new and different. Maybe you've never left your little hometown. Maybe you've never heard ideas beyond those of your mom or dad or grandpa or grandma or Uncle Joe or Aunt Judy. Number one, it's okay if your original dream doesn't come true. Number two, don't be afraid of something new and different. He was afraid. He admitted it during his speech. But as his shout-out to Greensboro, North Carolina, I thought illuminated, He's glad that he took that big fork in the road of his life head on. Here's how he described it at his Hall of Fame speech. Just to finish the big three, even Mariano Rivera dealt with adversity in his baseball career. He did not always have that wicked, I have unusually long fingers and can throw a cut fastball that if you and I tried for 100 years to learn how to do it, it's not, it's not even possible. It's not physically possible I pitched. I tinkered with every pitch you could possibly imagine. Screwballs, curveballs, sliders, you name it. I tried it. Trust me. Mariano Rivera happened upon his cut fastball during his pro baseball career. In fact, he got hit around so much early in his time, it made me flash back to Bull Durham. What did Crash Davis say to Nuke Lelouch? Hey, man, when you get to the show... They're going to knock you around a little bit, no matter how good you are, no matter how much lightning put in that right shoulder of yours. I know it's hard for you to foresee right now, Nuke, but you're going to get lit up like a Christmas tree. And then Crash had his advice for how to deal with that adversity. Mariano Rivera said that he was so bad early in his role as the closer for the Yankees that there were calls for his job. And the manager at the time, Joe Torre, they remain great friends to this day, had to come to Mariano Rivera, Hall of Famer, not at the time, but as evidenced this weekend in Cooperstown. Joe Torre said to Mariano, until I'm done managing the New York Yankees, you're my closer. Stop worrying about what the fans say or think. Stop worrying about what the New York media is writing or beating up. Don't worry about what your teammates say, what the opponents say. All right, you got hit around. You blew a few saves. Until I'm done managing the New York Yankees, you're my guy. That's a pretty good life lesson. Don't worry if the first dream falls by the wayside. Be sure to react to whatever adversity you inevitably hit the right way. And then don't be afraid of something new and different. He was deadly afraid of the language barrier during his time. But rather than running from it, 
He talked to his teammates in Greensboro, North Carolina. Here's how he described it in his Hall of Fame speech in Cooperstown yesterday. But my second year in professional baseball, I went to North, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, where not too many people spoke Spanish. And I used to times go to bed crying because I couldn't communicate. Couldn't communicate with my teammates. I was frustrated. Frustrated because no English, no relationship with my, my teammates, with my manager, my pitching coach. And I made one of the biggest decisions and the greatest decisions that I made. I talked to a few of my teammates. One is his, here present, Bob Deller, and his family. And I asked them, guys, uh, please, I need to learn English. And whatever I do, whatever things that I said that is not right, please, you can laugh all you want, but please teach me. Teach me the right way. And they did. They never laughed. They never laughed. They never laughed. And Mariano Rivera does part of his Hall of Fame speech decades later in Spanish, his native tongue from his Panama upbringing. And then he does the other part, the bulk of it, in English, his second language. That's an impressive reaction to baseball adversity with the Joe Torre story. That's a heck of a reaction to being scared to death and he said crying himself to sleep. His teammates didn't laugh as he mumbled his way through his original attempts at English. They supported him. You can have some good-natured fun, I imagine. There's a lot of that stuff in baseball dugouts of, at every level, right? Good-natured ribbing. He was very transparent about it. I'm upset by this. I can't speak English. I don't understand what my pitching coach is saying. My teammates are saying, like, I to be my best self as a prospect – I got to get over this barrier, and I'm scared to death, and I'm crying myself to sleep. Those teammates refusing to laugh, but also being there to help with the language barrier, I thought that was one of the greatest parts of several life lessons Mariano Rivera communicated during his Hall of Fame speech. Your phone calls on the other side, best and worst of the weekend. One more quick thing about that. The worst people in the sports world, the worst people that I know right now in the United States of America – would have reacted to Mariano Rivera, a Panamanian with dark skin and the inability to speak English by saying, go back where you come from. The worst people I know, to them, it would be logical to say that. Are you glad Mariano Rivera's teammates didn't say, "Go, you know, you don't look like me, go back where you're from, or you don't speak like me? I mean, somebody in America happens upon a restaurant and hears people speaking a language that's not theirs and they say get out of my country like they're not allowed to speak another language frankly folks a lot of people that i know who speak multiple languages maybe grandma or grandpa doesn't know english and this insanely intelligent person might know five languages so you stumble upon them in the mall or the restaurant or whatever and your initial reaction to hearing another language is go back where you came from to be honest, some of those incredibly intelligent people are better at their third language, English, than some of the ignorant inbreds are at their first language, English. Seriously, that's how ridiculous it has become. You can't pass a grammar test, but you're going to take uneducated, lazy cheap shots at somebody because they're trying to communicate in a language that makes you uncomfortable. Folks, 
you're a racist bigot. That's just the bottom line. If you need an example from the sports world, ask yourself. You saw Mariano Rivera when he was in Greensboro playing minor league baseball, and you heard him speaking Spanish. If deep inside of you, because you were either taught it by your family, which happens, and I feel bad for you, but you can either die angry and ignorant, or you can say, I'm going to be better than my parents' generation or my grandparents' generation. So you can die hateful, angry, and ignorant by never breaking yourself out of that bubble, or you can try to get better. Just try to get better. Mariano Rivera, Hall of Fame pitcher would have been a skin color that made many of you uncomfortable, speaking a language while on American soil that made you uncomfortable. And you know what? He was here legally, and you just made a false, hateful, ignorant, bigoted, inbred, backwoods, hillbilly-style assumption. We got to be better than that. Most of you are better than that, and I celebrate you best of the weekend style. The rest of you, are you going to die hateful and ignorant? Are you just going to just live in that darkness forever? Or are you going to try to use examples like this? Man, I would have reacted the wrong way to Mariano Rivera had I encountered him in Greensboro all those years ago. Instead, I might have been one of those guys who reacted the right way, didn't laugh at his attempts early to speak English, helped him learn the language, helped him assimilate to our often great nation. Which side do you want to be on? I mean, the, the idea that that's a difficult choice for many Americans is disgraceful. It's depressing. It's sinful. It's that to me. People talk about unpatriotic and un-American. That's the un-American. And yet, you know, if you wear the right flag bikini at the beach, even if you're spilling all out of it, you're, you're by definition patriotic because you got a flag bikini on. And yet all these other better examples of being American and being patriotic might actually get you described as unpatriotic. Oh, I saw, I saw Darren speaking to those people who weren't speaking English. Shouldn't we be chanting them to the other side of the border? I mean, this is, Darren, what year is it? What year is it? Is it? It's what year is it? It's 2019. You sure? Are you sure? Yeah, best I can tell. A hundred percent sure. Civil rights era was the 1960s and 70s. Are you sure it is 2019? Have somebody come in here and pinch me. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Shashevsky of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. Tom in Raleigh was recently in Cooperstown, New York. Others won in. On Mariana Rivera, why are the Carolina Hurricanes a best of the weekend vote from the NHL? We'll get into the Carolina Panthers. Why is today an anniversary of the greatest basketball game Michael Jordan has ever played in? That's according to MJ himself. I'll answer those questions as we take more of your best and worst of the weekend. Manny Pacquiao from the boxing world, a winner once again. That guy's in his 40s at this point and one of the greatest boxers of our time. He beat the much younger Keith Thurman this weekend in a championship bout. Kevin Harvick from the NASCAR world, Mariano Rivera and others from the baseball world, Shane Lowry, Brooks Kepka, and others from the golf world, and yes, Tom Dundon and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, the most recent transaction was re-signing Brock McGinn 
both sides avoiding arbitration for one of those key grinder-type fan favorites for Caniacs here across North Carolina. The lineup is mostly set, by the way, for the Canes. We talked with Don Waddell and Tom Dundon about how to react from that long playoff run season after the long drought You know, prior to Tom Dundon uh, and Don Waddell teaming up as that combo running the Carolina Hurricanes. And basically, as it looks now, 80% of last year's team will be back. Like 10 of the top 12 forwards will be back, still waiting to hear if Justin Williams is going to retire or return. Five of the top six defensemen are back. One of the two goalies, of course, Peter Mrazek resigned. So that's basically 16 of your top 20 pending Justin Williams' announcement probably at some point relatively soon. Tom, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, David. How are you today? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? Well, we were just up in uh, Cooperstown. Uh, I'm originally from Schenectady, New York, and uh, it was, you know, one of the coolest things to go there. And if you ever want to have a great Reuben, go to Double Day Cafe. <laughs> the staff was phenomenal. The Reuben was to die for. Hey, as a transplanted northerner, seriously, some of my best friends, I'm okay with the occasional Reuben, but some of my best friends like make travel plans partly around where they can get a, a great Reuben. I'm not even kidding you. One of my best friends, Chris McCormick, is like he's he's an aficionado of Reuben. So I'll tell him about Schenectady, New York, and that particular outlet. That's valuable information. Was Cooperstown expecting even more than the fifty-five thousand they got for Mariana Rivera and company? They were. We talked to the staff, and they were expecting close to a hundred thousand wow. for Mariano. And what they said is uh, when Jeter goes in, mm. they have no idea how many people are going to show up. <laughs> yeah, that might hit six figures for Derek Jeter, who was there, of course, in support of his former teammate, Mariana Rivera. I appreciate your call, Tom. Uh, that is an amazing place. I would encourage folks, if you care about baseball at all, add Cooperstown to your sports bucket list. Unlike a lot of bucket list items, it's, it's not the most expensive place to visit or stay there. So maybe uh, for a more reasonable budget, you can cross that one off than for many of the others. I'm going to a Premier League match next month, and I can tell you that that one's not going to be inexpensive. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand -hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Is college football season going to be yet another Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Clemson? Mr. College Football would know from ESPN and the SEC Network. Tony Barnhart next on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show.